podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. to the Cop Eye Podcast with your hosts Mick Moran and Jay Pearson. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cop Eye Podcast. We are back with another episode of the Squad Number Show. And we yeah, we did say we weren't gonna until normality resumed, but seeing as that's gonna be a long time away, we thought fuck it, let's do uh, virtual show and just fucking crap on doing them. Yeah, don't blame me, mate. Don't blame you. I think. Uh, go on. I was just gonna say I'm Mick and I was, I'm joined by Jay. How are you? I'm alright, pal. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna look at. <laughs> hey, mate. <laughs> that the big uh, the big thing under the red sheath, is it? Is what, mate? Is that the big the big thing under the red sheath? Well, this thing. Oh, is that there, is it? Mmm. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, a very uh, a very kind young man called Lewis Owen, uh, who subscribes to the channel, has sent us a uh, a Champions League winner's medal, which is really cool. He uh, he sent me a message saying, uh, did we have one? And I said, no. I said, it's not something we thought about adding to the set. She said, right, I'll, uh, I'll get you one and I'll send you one. I just thought, what a guy. So, um, yeah, thank you very much, Lewis. We really, really appreciate it. So it's proud of place there on the uh, the six times jersey, and then um, Mick, when you're back on the set, we'll have a, a rehash of it, and then uh, Lewis, if you're watching, mate, in a couple of weeks' time, you know what other medal to award was, don't you, pal? <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much for that, Lewis, and uh, we we really appreciate it. And we can do the unveiling of that mysterious picture. Of course. Of course. Yeah. For those of you that have. Uh, been on our Twitter account recently. You've seen uh, something quite a large item uh, under a red sheet, which uh, you know there's n- there's no talking about getting things on our channel. We just get them, and they're already there. Let's go for it. Exactly. But yeah, squad <laughs> number show, mate. I'm uh, I made up to talk about this again because, like I said, it was an idea that we had a while ago, wasn't it? And um, you know, my obsession with squad numbers and jerseys, and a lot of people have known about it already, and. I think it's been great what we've been doing, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing to uh, to crack on with uh, with squad number show number four. I'm just going to uh, close down another another app so it doesn't bleep again. <laughs> well, t- since the last time we've done a squad number show, me and yourself have done a little quiz with some people, and we both won the squad the squad number round. So I think it's apt that we're doing this show. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's a thing. If if we fail either of them, then it's shit. But again, because we've not been planning for a squad number show for ages, my mind's just gone blank with a lot of stuff. So hopefully, I'll uh, I should do okay today with number four. Yeah. So yeah, number four is the number. Obviously, number three we did. It feels like fucking ages ago now. But no. yeah, the first the first number four was ninety two to ninety four. Do you right. know us? 92 to 94. Right, I'm going to go with because it because just slightly before I, I sort of like remember everything. 
But I, th- I can just picture the shirt, which I believe it was. I can picture it on this shirt, but I know he wore it before. And so I'm going to go with Steve Nickel. Correct. Stevie Nickel, yeah, signed by Bob Paisley for 300,000, 1981. He had to wait a whole year for his LFC debut. Right. And two years to break his way into the, the, the first team properly. Uh, he earned the nickname Chopsy after the stats the way the Scot pronounced the word chips. <laughs> the boss, boss little uh, anecdote there. Uh, yeah, he won four league titles, three FA Cups, one Super Cup, one Charity Shield, and one European Cup. Played 343 games for the Reds, scoring 36 goals, which is a bosh return for full back, to be fair. Yeah. Left the club in 94 to join Notts County after 13 years. Great service after the rivals of Phil Babb and John Scales. Oh, what a downgrade. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he'll always be remembered as one of, obviously, I'm just touched on there, it was before your time, so it was definitely before my time. I was only three in 92, so obviously I've heard great stories about him from other people, and I've seen, obviously, clips and bits yeah. on Bob's on YouTube and LFC TV, so I know what, how much of a stalwart this guy is and how, how much he's been uh, loved over the years by Liverpool fans. But what are your memories of, of Chopsy? I don't know if I can call him Chopsy now. I don't know. I'll call him now. Um, well, I, 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 the only thing I remember properly was he was very young when he signed for us. I think he was about 19, 20. That's what I remember reading back in the day. Um, and yeah, I mean, when he signed for us, I was, I was seven or eight. So he was, you know, uh, before I started really following football, he, he'd long gone Liverpool. But, you know, growing up and you're reading about him, he was an absolute stalwart on the side. I mean, coming into the side, and you ex- he's ne- he was never going to dislodge Bill Neal from, from that position. But, so I do remember predominantly he did play on the right hand side, um, but yeah, I mean what a what a, what a player, what an absolute player. And then, like I said, to play three hundred and ninety eight balls and and win that amount of trophies is is incredible. I mean everyone sees him nowadays on ESPN, um, and he's very very opinionated. You can tell he's he's not your traditional pundit uh, these days on ESPN in America. He's a very loudmouth pundit where he'll say what he wants and he'll he'll say stuff about Liverpool if he has to and because he's passionate about the club and, it, and it's his club. So um, yeah, he's a great character. I remember I've I've been to a couple of um, speaking events with him and he's uh, yeah he's a good laugh. He is he's really, yeah he'll always go down in there. Is if you, I'm sure the people that from want to pick a team of the eighties, I'm sure he's in there in the conversation of you know. Do we have him or do we not have him? Does he make the grade? Does he make the grade? And he's one of those where you go, I should put him in, but I can't put him in and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think we definitely got the best out of him. Um, and it was just, it was good that he could he could uh, put a foot in for the, for the Premier League. But he was one of those players that got shipped out by Sunes. It was just a case of, I don't, he, he, you know, Sunes got rid of a lot of players at that time, didn't he? Which he shouldn't have got rid of. And I think Stevie Nicol was one of them. Yeah, I think it's been talked about quite a lot. I've seen, I've obviously been in lockdown, so I've seen, I've been watching a lot of stuff on 80s, 90s Liverpool. And I think Sunes was trying to make a change in football in terms of progression and trying to make them more into athletes rather than the, the old guard that he remembers of going out on the fucking piss every week and whatever else. And I thought, he probably thought, I'm going to do this and it's going to work for the best. And he shipped too many off too quickly, if anything. 
yeah. which obviously worked against us. But um, yeah, it took us a long time to properly recover from that, really, which is a shame. But but all Stephen Nichol, great, great pleasure to have. Boss player. Anyway, moving on. Okay. So when did Nickel leave? Ninety four, did you say? He left in ninety four. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I th- I'm pretty confident with this one. Um, I am thinking because obviously ninety four, the following season was obviously ninety five because you're not because no one's fucking stupid. We won the league cup uh, and we played Bolton, beat Bolton two one, and there was a young Jason McAteer playing for Bolton that day, and that is my choice for the next number four. Is it Jason McAteer? You just got it right and so half me fucking speech. <laughs> yeah, signed, signed for four and a half million after you just said, touched, uh, touched on there. Impressed in the, the 95 League Cup final when we beat Bolton 2 1. Made 139 appearances for Liverpool in his three years. Unfortunately, achieved no silverware after obviously we lost to Man United in the 96 FA Cup final, that fucking shit goal where went through about seven people and no one thought, I'll put my head on this and fucking stop it. Yeah. yeah. Left left for Blackburn at the end of the 98-99 season for four million. Yeah, what were your memories of Macha? Oh, I loved him. Loved him. Like I said, when when I first started from paying attention to football, he was he was the man who was playing at, at full back or wing back, whichever way you want to look at it. Um and I loved him. I loved the fact that he could play both sides. He could play left back, he could play right back. Um I loved his attitude. I loved um, he remind you know Andy Robbo reminds me of him you know he's sort of yeah. like shit on the pitch and stuff and he just loved playing for Liverpool and I think that's again it's what we all love don't we mate we love every person that loves playing for the club and yeah loved him absolutely loved him if it wasn't uh, I mean you know how much I love this shirt I was going to get McAteer number four on the back of this but I settled for Paddy Berger only because they didn't have any McAteer names left <laughs> I wasn't usually getting a, getting two numbers on my shirt kind of guy. Um, but yeah, I loved McAteer. I just loved everything about him. He was yeah. a fullback and he was a different kind of fullback. Um, you know, he wasn't the one that just stayed back all the time. He was marauding down the right-hand side, sometimes down the left-hand side. Uh, I'll be honest, as a kid, I used to get confused between him and McManaman because it was sort of a similar name. They had the same shaggy hair. Uh, but no, I loved him. loved everything about him. I loved his banter. I loved his... Is uh, is scouts wit, um, you know, taking the piss. Yeah, loved everyone, but what a cracking player! Just he was so underrated, though. That's what I, really pisses me off. He was so underrated. Yeah, like I said, I've I've watched quite a few quite a few old games recently, and you can just see, like you said, it reminds me of Andy Robbo as well. Like he just boundless energy, just wouldn't stop running. And I think if you put him into a, this this football here and now, I think he'd do well as well. Probably not. Technically wise, not the best, but he, he was good at get, not not slow, quick, pretty quick, ferocious tackler, get down the wing and, and got a good crossing. I thought I think he was won't go down as one of the best ever, but he was definitely one of the Mr. Dependables and yeah, he he, he done really well over his over his over his four years for Liverpool. Yeah, definitely, mate. And I, I think people always remember him like his his assist in the Newcastle for three game. Yeah. You know, he played his heart out there. I mean, I loved uh, the... Remember when Robbie Fowler um, got fouled at Highbury uh, by David Seaman, but uh, Fowler said it wasn't a penalty. Yeah. Uh, then Fowler took the penalty. Um, Seaman saves it, but then McAteer scores the rebound. 
Um, and I just, that, that's the, another fond memory I've got of McAtee is like, thanks, uh, thanks for having just got me uh, one of my first goals for the club, so I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I loved everything about him and I love the fact that he's still connected with the club now. I love that he comes back and plays Legends games. Um, one of the things that I did thought was just boss was um, outside of uh, the, the Wanda after the, uh, the final uh, last season, you could, he was on LFC TV and he was just chatting and he was just getting really, really emotional. I managed to watch it back a few days later. And he was just getting really emotional. It felt like he was out on the pitch and you can just tell, like, you know, this club's in his blood and that's what you want and that's what you love. And I just, even at that age, I was just passion. I mean, do you remember the five-a-side thing he was playing on, on Sky Sports for the Republic of Ireland? Yeah. Spat with Michael Owen. <laughs> yeah. That just made me laugh as well because obviously they were... Teammates very, very briefly, um, but you know it doesn't really matter. You're still on the football pitch. You still you still want to win, and I just I love that about him. And yeah, for me, McAteer or Trigger, as he's known, is just yeah, loved him. Uh, and he, he's for years he was probably everyone's choice to go in it right back in your in your Liverpool Premier League eleven. Yeah, summed it up perfectly there, lad. Well done. Anyway, number three, who is it? Okay, so third person to learn number four. Now, uh, right, let me think. So it's, nine, so it's 1999. 1999. Did, so it's 1999, 2000 season then. Yeah. Um, I'm picturing that's... Uh, right, okay. Right, I'm going to go with, and this is only because the next one, I think, because he wore number 12 first. Is it Rigobert Song? You're fucking smashing on the air, lad. Well done. Rigobert Song. And by the Reds for 2.7 million from Seri- from then Serie A side. Solanitana. Well done. I couldn't have pronounced it. Don't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah, he impressed on a, a trial at Anfield. Right. Uh, yeah. Came to the club with obviously great international pedigree after Dodi played in two World Cups with uh, Cameroon at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was the first Cameroonian to play for the Reds. Made his debut against Coventry at Highfield Road. Obviously, I think he preferred a centre back role mm-hmm. before he joined the club. Or um, he played a lot of right back during his time at the Reds. Yeah. And uh, I, I enjoyed him there because he he was always solid, like we said with Mappetier. He was he was quite similar in that regard. He didn't. Didn't give you an inch, fucking solids anything. And I, I always loved the uh, the song. We've we've only got one song. <laughs> Love that. That's just that's one of the classics for me. That. Yeah. Uh, then he, he signed for signed for West Ham in two thousand after the year two and a half million for a re- as a replacement for Rio Ferdinand, mm-hmm. which was a bit of a. That, that, that really left because I'm sure he he was. There. Games at the beginning of the treble season, or have I got that completely wrong? According to my sources, he signed for West Ham in 2000 for two and a half million, and we got da- some player called Daniel Shilloland as part of the deal. Uh, I wonder if he thought, does it say when he? I haven't, I haven't got that much info on it, lad. <laughs> we'll find that out afterwards. Um, yeah, I mean. Again, he was very, very solid, but in that year of the 1990s, 2000 season, and again, it, it's only recently because obviously we 
um, of the stuff we've been doing lately is, I mean, just remember it was between him and Vegard Hegem, uh, and it was always chopping and changing. Gerard you to play there because obviously he'd signed Ipier and Hornshaw as well. Um, so obviously it's a complete makeshift backline. Same with Estevel coming in. I just remember it was always Hegem and, and Song chopping and changing. Carragher would have a little bit uh, there at the back. But yeah, whenever Song played football, he was brilliant. And he, he just looked great on the wall. He had you know, really good feet, both left and right. Like you said, you don't get that good at football and playing and play two World Cups for nothing and captain your country. So, yeah. great player. And, you know, unfortunate that he didn't play a lot more games. But if you don't impress, you don't impress. And at the end of the day, we got Marcus Babble at the end of it to, to replace that position. You made that position his own. And um, if you've not watched our interview with Marcus Babble, go and watch it because it uh, it, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I love to make a bit of song of this. And it was one of those things where it was like, do we get him or Tarevo West? Do you know what I mean? It was one of those things we were always linked with that with, with either of them. But yeah, no issues with, with, with Rigobert uh, putting on the number four jersey. I think he did a good job. And like you said, his song was boss. Yeah. I've just done a bit of quick digging there while you were doing that chat. November, 28th of November 2000, he left. Ah, there you go. And do you know what, mate? Thanks for checking that. It's only because in my brain it would do me head in that because I'm sure he had a little bit. And the only reason why I know that is because back in the day I had the, the treble video. Uh, Review came was on video. When you open up the video in the sleeve, you had a list of all the players, a little green dot where if they played a game, and I'm sure he played a couple of games at the beginning of the yeah. season. Um, but yeah, shame, shame he left. He might have picked up a couple of trophies. Yeah, I know what you said, but yeah, he, he was he was solid enough, but I think he probably wasn't the level we required going forward. He was more the level we where at the time but we wanted to progress and he was just part of that revolution to try and try and progress and try and get the title basically. Well, I think you've, to get to the top mate you've got to go up the steps haven't you he's just one of the steps on the way up there so exactly but yeah I think you you probably know the next one because you, you just touched on that before Damn it. yeah <laughs> so yeah between 2001 2009 the big Finn obviously signed in May of ninth I've done of that ninety-nine. It's an incredible two point six million from Dutch side Willem Tway after being highly recommended by former chief executive Paul Peter Robinson mm-hmm. uh, by a TV cameraman. TV oh. camera apparently recommended them. According to Wikipedia anyway, I don't know if that's true, but that's a cr- incredible if it's true. Who is that cameraman? <laughs> Get him on the pod. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we've uh, we've already mentioned Stefan on show and squad number show number two, and just, just the partnership though those two struck up big the big Finn and on um, show was just incredible. Obviously, we've we've had Marcus Babel and Sander Vesterod on the the podcast recently talking about that two thousand and two thousand and one season, and they they him and um, show and Hippie are a massive part of that. Yeah. Uh, in that season, obviously Hippie shared captaincy with. With Fowler and Redknapp. Yes. Uh, in 2002, Hippier then became Liverpool's fully fledged captain after Fowler and Redknapp both left the club. 2003, obviously, Sammy then handed the captaincy over to Stevie G. A bit of an inevitable move, really, obviously, to yeah. Steve Gerrard's uh, promise. And obviously, that, that was his destiny to become the captain. But uh, yeah, Sammy obviously embraced it. And I think 
Gerard spoke about with quite at length recently as well, saying he couldn't believe how well he took it, and he was really encouraging and thought, yeah, this is this is what you're this is what you're made for, and he just embraced it, and yeah, that that's just testament to the, the guy that he is, really. Yeah, but and then in two in two thousand and in two thousand and three, uh, he received his only ever red card in a game against Man United. Obviously, it wasn't it wasn't like him at all, really, because his positioning was probably his, his biggest attribute, really, just knowing being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Obviously, wasn't the quickest over the ground, but moving on to two thousand and four, Benitez moved Carragher into centre back alongside Ipia, helping us go on to win the. Champions League in Istanbul, obviously, famously. Great goal against Juventus on the route to the final. 05-06, Sammy was third choice after Carragher's rise into the team and, and obviously rise to the vice-captain behind Stevie. Then, unfortunately, then, in 2000, May 2009, Sammy made his final appearance for Liverpool, but he made 464 appearances, scored 34 goals, which is fucking tremendous for a centre-back, yeah. winning 10 trophies in a 10-year tenor. Unbelievable. Do I say anything else? <laughs> yeah. Fucking. I mean, when, when we signed him, everyone was like, who is this? Not a clue. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who he was. Um, but I think after a couple of games, that 99-2000 season, you knew straight away what, what type of player you had. And he was, uh, he was definitely one of the reasons why we kept so many clean sheets that season. Um, and you just thought, yeah, this, this, this is just the Tower of Power, as he was nicknamed as well. He's just fantastic. And I think for, what did you say, 2.odd million, 2.75 million or something? 2.6 million from Villain's Way, which is fucking incredible, really. I know we touched on it as well in number two, like I said, with the Honcho one. I think he was 3.5, wasn't he, Honcho? And he was 2.5. So six mil, six mil in total for that centre-back, which went on to famously do so well in that 2000-2001 season. It's just fucking is unheard of, and you would that you don't get bargains like them anymore. Oh, do you work? I mean, you look at Robbo for eight million pound, and we'll probably do another show like this in ten years and look back at that. And yeah. I think Sammy Appiah is just arguably one of the greatest centre backs I've ever seen in my lifetime. He's certainly one of the, the in the top five of greatest centre backs to ever grace a Liverpool jersey or shirt, as Vinny likes to remind me. Um, but I think. Yeah, Sammy Epi was just one of my favourite players for Liverpool growing up. He was just, he was so happy that he was on the ball all the time. He was so happy to play for the club. He was so happy whenever he scored a goal. I mean, he scored some really important goals in that treble winning season. I'll never forget his bullet header in against Arsenal in the Champions League in 08 or 09. I think it was only 09 or 07. 07 or 08. Just yeah. a bullet header from, you know, close to the, the edge of the box to go straight in the top corner and. Like you said, the goal against Juventus uh, on our way to Istanbul. He was just a colossus at the back, and he, you know he was so emotional. The ball left Liverpool in, it, in, it, in his last game, and he deserved every part of that. And he was, yeah, Sammy Epia is just incredible player and one of the best centre halves we've ever had. And I always said it would be very, very difficult that we'd ever get a player like that again. And I think it only with Van Dijk have we got that player again. Yeah, definitely. I think I was just going to say, in terms of his goal scoring, for me, when we got corners, I always thought it's going to land on if he is head and he's going to look like he's not even jumped for it to win it. And that's what we've got now with Van Dijk, just just a magnet. Even like obviously in, when we're defending corners as well, and obviously in the, in, the, in the other end, scoring goals, but 
just just the land on his head all the time, and it's not it's not it's not fluke. Like he, he it's just he just knows where to where, where to position himself, and yeah, yeah, it's an absolute colossus. And obviously we signed him in two thousand two thousand and um, two thousand and one. It's then took us what fucking seventeen years or whatever to then sign someone who we could yeah properly compare them to, which is which says a lot really. Well, that's it, mate. I mean, like you just said there, you know, signing him in uh, uh, '99, he embeds in that first season, wins the wins the treble in his next season. A couple of years later, he wins the Champions League. You don't win those trophies without Sammy Ipia, in my opinion. You know, he's not in that side. We don't win those trophies. That's the bottom line because, like you said, he's he didn't have the pace, but like you said before, mate, perfectly, he knows where to position himself. And Van Dyke's exactly the same. He yeah. knows where to position himself and he knows where the ball's going to be. And Carragher was like that as well because Carragher knew he didn't have any pace, but his anticipation was fantastic. Van Dyke's got the pace, obviously, we all know that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was such a pleasure to have Sammy up at the club for 10 years and he, he deserved every plaudit he got for Liverpool and every medal. I mean, he won everything by the, by the Premier League and, yeah. you know, you can a, a centre half of that and you say, do you know what, over the next 10 years you're going to win all well, yeah, nice one. Two, two and a half million. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolute. What a what a signing. Just and I, I love like his final game as well, where he was just like dead emotional, and you start looking at him like it, the realization just like smacked him on the face that he's leaving. And I think every Liverpool fan just like if he didn't love him before, if he didn't amazingly love him, then he did that at that moment because he was just yeah, you could see just the emotion poured out of him, and if you can see how much like. Leaving the, the club that he that he loves and he spent so long there, obviously ten years is fucking huge chunk of someone's life, especially when you're a young lad growing up. But yeah, he was yeah, one of them. them that phrase that we would say, adopted scouser. He's he's definitely in, in that bracket for me. Definitely, he's up there with uh, Diddy Amman and Moldy, isn't he? Yeah, definitely, mate. But yeah, the big Finn. He left in. Let me just check my check my shit. Two thousand. 2009? 2009, yeah. Yeah, 2009, May 2009. So next one, number five, 2009. Mm-hmm. Who was it? Well, we had um, a very interesting summer in 2009 because not only did we lose Sammy Epi, we lost uh, Chabi Alonso as well. And this man was supposed to replace Chabi Alonso, wasn't he? Uh, so this, the next one is Alberto Aquilani. Fucking hell, you're too, before you, you said before we started recording, you're going to be bad at this. Um, I think I might struggle with the next one. <laughs> but yeah, Alberto signed, like you said, to replace the irreplaceable, really, Xabi Alonso. So before he even fucking kicked the ball, he had a massive task on his hands. Signed from, signed from Roma in August 2009 for £20 Signed as a replacement, obviously, for Alonso. Uh, yeah, I remember one of the main things for me. I remember the Atletico Madrid Europa League game in 2010, sorry, when um, Forlan knocked us out on a away goal. I, I was there that night. Yeah. I thought one of his one of his one of his best games. Obviously, grabbed a goal and um, got man of the match. I think, uh, but yeah, he couldn't he couldn't keep up with his performance level. Obviously, struggled a lot with injuries, and you could see that. With an ankle injury, and we didn't, he didn't play for ages because of that injury. Yeah. I just from then on, you you you're doomed. You really are. You've got that pressure, and you're not playing. And then when you do finally play after an injury, after being compared to Chabi Lonzo, and you don't 
pick up the English game straight away. It's it's game over. Um, yeah. I, th- I think I seen a, an article the other day saying that we wanted someone else. I can't remember who, for the life of what it was. And Aquilani was available, but it was only available for twenty million because of his injury. If he was fully fit, we wouldn't have been able to afford him. Right. So because of the injury, obviously, then we knew that we'd have to wait for him to come back from the injury. Yeah. And then obviously that that's that's the worst thing to do, I think, for especially for players like I would if it, I was a footballer and I was injured, I wouldn't then sign for another club knowing that I'm signing for the club and I might have to get myself back to fitness. Meanwhile, the pressure's building on you, thinking right when this debut finally happens, these Liverpool fans are going to be thinking, "Fuck now, this kid best be good." Fucking couple that in with the fact that he's replacing for Xabi Alonso. Yeah. You're doomed to you're doomed to fail, really. And you could tell he was a talented player. Like his games in the uh, Porton game, he played really well, and uh, I think he got another man of the match there. But and he had the talent, but he just and he had the eye, that eye for the pass, like that Alonso type through ball where he could cut a defence. But he just couldn't. Obviously, the injuries were just too much for him. Yeah, he just couldn't stay fit and. A lot of, um, I just remember seeing a lot of, we had a, a white away kit that year, and I remember seeing a lot of white away kits with red Aquilani number fours on the back. And yeah, collector's items then now. I mean, I've got nothing negative to say about the lad because if your career can't start because of injuries, that's not because you're shit at football. You're just being blatantly unlucky. You know what I mean? I'll never ever say to a player, oh, he was fucking shitting if he was always injured. That's, it's not his fault he's getting an injury. So I've, I've not got, the world of negative things to say about Aquilani, but again, that time at the club where with we were not getting in the Champions League and the the, the unrest off the pitch with Ix and Gillette being a pair of and the football not being good and everyone was sort of miserable and Torres was miserable and Gerard was miserable and we were miserable and he's just like it just brings back negative feelings. I mean, I can feel this set now. It's crushing. Just think about it. Wow. Don't want to talk to him. Fucking move on. Thanks, Alberto. Nice Italian to play for the club, but yeah, it's, it's not, it didn't work, did it, unfortunately, but that's what happens. Yeah, like you said, but he was obviously a talented player, which didn't happen for him. He only made uh, 28 appearances, scored two goals, obviously went out on loan to Juventus yeah. and Milan before he finally made the move to Fiorentina. And did quite so, well Fiorentina and third place, so. Yeah. How was he zapping? Sound. That, that was the end of Alberto. So obviously he was only there until t- 2010. So number six, 2010. 2010, number six. Right, I don't, I don't know if we had a direct replacement. Oh, we might have done actually. So we're talking. Right, I'm gonna. I've got Nuri Sahin on my mind, but I don't think. He was then. Uh, so Roy Hodgson signing. Uh, oh, what the frig's his name? What's his name? He buggered off to Chelsea. Oh, uh, the Morelles, Raúl Morelles. Correct again. Raúl Morelles signed for eleven and a half million from Porto. On the 29th of August 2010. I couldn't believe this when I looked back because I don't know if I'd just 
that was just a dark part of Liverpool's history. I just wanted to blot it out because we were shit. Do you want PFA fans player of the year 2011? Obviously, really? and then you consider, yeah, yeah. When you consider the other names that won it, you've got like Gerard, Henry, Lampard, Rooney, Ronaldo, Suarez. Obviously, he was good that season, but I can't, I still can't believe he won that. Obviously, like you said, before he fucked off to Chelsea for 12 million. Obviously, the one thing I wrote here is remember for that class volley against Wolves. Yeah. Sort of... <laughs> well, yeah, that was his that was his best goal. And yeah, I mean, you look at the Roy Hodgson signings of that year, they're all shit. He was probably the best one. You know, I, I don't I don't think Raul Morelis was a shit player. I really don't. I really liked him in the middle of the park. I thought he was really good, really good pass for the ball. I obviously had a shot on him, he was really good. Um I thought his attitude a little bit was stunk sometimes. Yeah. I remember him giving Kenny Dalglish the finger uh, after we set up a goal at Arsenal. Yeah, thought it was really disrespectful, and I just thought, yeah, your 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 days are numbered, pal. Um, but I did think he was all right when he played. I did I did like it when he was on the pitch. I was more comfortable at that time when he was on the pitch because we were shit. And when he played, I I liked it. Um, I didn't know much about him. Did you say we get him from Porto? Porto, yeah. I didn't know much about him, to be honest. Um, I think when you're not in the Champions League, you don't really pay attention to much after that, do you? So, um, yeah, I, again, not got massive negativity to say about him, but again, the way he left and he fucked off to Chelsea and then sort of became a bit spiteful towards us. So, mate, crack on, you left us to play for Chelsea, you won a European Cup. You, had, you definitely had... Uh, an effect on that team of why they won the European Cup the same way you got to congratulate Torres for that as well. Um, but yeah, I just you give King Kenny the finger and you, it's a bit disrespectful. That's not what the club's about. So yeah, it's a bit yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was quite similar to Apollani. Really, you could see he was a good player in that, but like you said, his attitude was just a bit shit. And then when he left, he said like uh, similar to Torres, like I've, I've moved to win. Trophies and like you said, he, he did win trophies. So, in 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 a respect, you can't really call him a knobhead, but you really want to call him a knobhead because they've left uh, fucking one of our rivals. So, yeah. yeah, difficult one. But yeah, that was the end of that was the end of Raul. And then the next one, number seven, was in 2012. Yeah, I've got this one. A uh, bit of a cursed number. So for the last few years, isn't it? Morelos and then. Uh... A Brendan Rodgers signing, Nuri Sahin, I believe, was the next one to to wear number four. You are smashing this lad. Yeah, signed on loan from uh, Real Madrid. Spent five months at the club, scored three goals, grabbed three assists in just 12 games, which is fucking... Three goals, three assists in 12 games. Can't, can't fucking complain with that. And he went on to Dortmund on loan. And apparently he said he never enjoyed being at either Real Madrid or Liverpool. But he was just glad to have played alongside Steven Gerrard. Fair play. I remember when he left, he, he, he and he was playing Dortmund, and he was uh, he was brilliant at Dortmund. So again, you know, fair fair play to him. But like I said, just probably just couldn't settle in in for the English game, and just not just Brendan Rodgers thought I tried him a couple of times, and thought it's not working out. We'll we'll, we'll move on. I remember he played a, a really good game against West Brom. I think he got two goals that game. Or it was, was that West Brom or Watford? I can't remember which one. Began with a W anyway. Someone let me know what it was. Um, yeah, he played against Norwich as well. I think, I think it was a Norwich game where he got, I think he assisted Suarez for two, I think, or one or two. Yeah, 
Yeah, great technical play. I've really got a um, I think we saw glimpses of him where we were like, right, come on, lads, we can do it. And then he's like, oh, right, okay. And then he just didn't play for the next handful of games. Like I said, 12 appearances. It's, it's not a bad return in what he's doing, but, you know, I, I'm glad we didn't we, we didn't pay for him because that would be a little more upsetting. Um, yeah, I think, I think he was the... I think Brendan Rodgers signing me. A sign who would complement Rogers' style. I think he was perfect. Mm. Like really ticky tacky on the ball, like Joe Allen, like just recycling nicely, just popping off here and there, nice and tidy. And obviously, like his return on goals and assists there was really good. But yeah, just didn't just didn't work out for him. And like you said, he wants he wants them to push on to that next level. And just I don't know if he if he didn't want to because he couldn't be asked because he knew he was going back to. Real Madrid or Dortmunds or whatever, but yeah, he just he just couldn't hit those heights that we could see that he was capable of. I think. Yeah, exactly. But oh well, curse number. Does it get any? Does it get worse or not? Let's have a look. Yeah, so number number eight, two thousand and thirteen. Uh, right. So look at Rodgers. Do 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 Just trying to picture it. Out. It's not Sacco. Because he was 17 at the time, I think. Midfield, Joe Allen at midfield, Jenna. Colo Torre! You're going to get a fucking clean sweep here, aren't you? Colo Torre. Yeah. Um, signed, signed on a free transfer from Man City. Uh, yeah, scored his, his first ever LFC goal on in February. I think it was February 13. I haven't looked the fucking year for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, that was the, his first goal in nine years. His first Premier League goal in nine years. Obviously, it was the win over 6-0 win over Aston Villa where it just a corner just landed on his head and he was just like, oh, that was good. Yeah, and always be remembered for that. Obviously, the famous Colo Torre song and that famous video where all the lads come up the fucking escalator and Gerard's giving it all like... Yeah, but yeah, he was... For a free transfer and spent three years at the club, I, th- I feel like he was he, he was good. He was good progression for us. I feel like he was solid. He was I don't know. At times he scared the fucking shit out of me because he wasn't the he wasn't the Colum Torre of Arsenal where he was just fucking dominating. But he was still still a solid player. Obviously then got for them got released at the end of the 15-16 season. And that was the end of Colum. Got any Colum memories for us, Jay? Yeah, Colo memories. I've got. Um, I mean, to the way he was always, he had a smile on his face for um, when he, whenever he was playing, and he just. I liked it when we signed him because obviously at the time we were sort of in that transition period and, and gaining his experience um, is, I think, is, is is quite vital to it. Um, so I was quite happy when we signed him as a centre half. Thought, yeah, good centre half, bit of experience. Obviously, we we, we had Sacco, we had Skirtle, in and out of the side, and. Um, we'd lost Carragher um, in terms of obviously retired, so having that experience is, is important. So, yeah, I'm nothing but love for Colo Torre, and like you said uh, before about going up the escalator doing the Colo Torre song, and that was always fun to sing uh, when it when it got going a little bit because wasn't really our song, so we don't really sing it. Yeah, that um, yeah love the guy. Wanted that uh, we didn't win the league, and he didn't get a Premier League winners medal with us, but. I like the way Klopp liked him. You know, he sort of took him under his wing as well and, and, and liked him. Like I said, when he scored that goal against Villa, big smile on his face and everything. So, yeah, uh, nothing but love for Colo Torre. 
I've, yeah, I've never seen a more comical goaler than that. Like, he's gone up to the corner to try and score a goal. It's landed on his head. He's not even ran and put his head on it. It's just fucking float over someone's head. He's just, it just hit him, went in. I was like, fucking hell. And then the celebration obviously was class as well. And you could see with all the, obviously, all the other Liverpool lads are jumping on him, thinking, what the fuck's just happened? Colo Torre scored, and all the Villa fans and fucking players must have felt fucking ashamed as fuck. First goal in nine years, which is crazy. But yeah, that was number eight. And can you guess who number nine is? So I'm assuming this is the last one. It is the last one, yeah. I've done quite well, to be fair. Well, you've got them all. Um, if you don't get this one, then we might as well cut it here. Yeah, I might as well support somebody else. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll tell you who it is. It's this man. I love it. Virgil van Dijk. You can go and get you can go and get them cards by clicking the link in the description if you fancy some of them. Look, yeah, uh, it's yeah, boss. We've got the clock on everyone. They're really, really cool. He's coming loads of cool different sides as well. But yeah, Virgil van Dijk, the latest number four, and yeah, okay, let's just give it him. Um, he's probably the best number four we've had. Sorry, Sammy. <laughs> but you think he's only been here two years, which is mad. He feel, feels like he's been here forever. Yeah. Obviously, seventy-five million, which seems like. A snip now, really, when you consider it. That's the Seven, five million we've spent for Ricky, isn't it? It's on, it's on the same level. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Signed first of January two thousand eighteen. After a lot, obviously, a long battle, long, long public battle to sign him. Yeah. Obviously, Liverpool had to come out in the end and publicly end interest in him. Then on the fifth of January, after signing, scored the winner in a two-one FA Cup win over Everton at Anfield. Obviously. There's no, there's no better way to, no better teams to have your debut against, and then to pop up with a fucking winner towards the end. It was always going to go right for, for the lads on the UFC's fucking. I could talk about him all day. To be honest, he's just, he's just absolutely tremendous. Like he's, he won PFA players the player of the year, eighteen nineteen. He was in the team of the year that year. He won. He got in the Premier League Player of the Season. UEFA's men. Men's Player of the Year awards, Defender of the Season. He was in the UEFA Team of the Year 2018 and 19. UEFA Champions League Squad of the Season 1718 and 1819. Be- uh, FIFA Men's uh, Best Player 2019 obviously came in second place, but fucking hell. Just the amount of awards and obviously champion- won the Champions League Super Cup and the Club World Cup for Liverpool. Team trophies. Mm hmm. He is just, I can't even, obviously, we've talked about him loads on the podcast. He's just, he's just unflappable. Yeah. He's just, 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 yeah. He's Virgil van Dijk. That's, that's the only way you can say he's Virgil van Dijk. He's, uh, he's reinventing our centre-ass play. Um, so, I, I can't remember who it was. He's quoted him as the best centre-back of all time. Um, I, I, I'm not sure you said that recently, but... Vincent uh, Company, wasn't it? Was it? It was big, Vinny. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a massive compliment. Um, especially to come from Vincent Company, who's won, you know, quite a few Premier League titles and, and stuff. But Big Verge is a European Cup winner um, already with, with Liverpool. And, you know, you look at the all the stats and everything, and you remember when we first signed him and we got a lot of crap. So, oh, you've wasted 75 million. I bet Southampton laughing all the way to the bank. And, you know, we've got a friend who's... Um, Big Celtic fan, haven't we? And he, he mentioned straight away when we were first living, we were saying, you've got a player there because we, we miss him at Celtic and we always knew he, he was too big for us. And 
Yeah, mate. I mean, at the end of the day, we we don't need to spend a lot of time talking about Van Dijk now because he's still at the club. He's on the verge of winning a Premier League title. Um, he's he took us to a European Cup final. It took us to two, to be fair. Let's let let's have it right. Um, and yeah, he's. I I'm just glad that he's he's our player, and I can't. And the great thing about this as well, because we are winning things with him. I can't see him leave him anytime soon. Do you know what I mean? Like. Obviously, as Liverpool fans were so used to a player coming, doing quite well, and then buggering off again, but I don't think we're at that place anymore. He will, regardless whether Klopp's here or not, he's still going to be here. And I think he's he's another Sammy Hippier, mate. He's going to be here for the majority of the, of the twilight of his career. And he's going to, yeah, he's our centre half for the, for the next 10 years. Firmly believe that. That's mean, I think he's 29 in July. So he's in like the prime of his career, really. And he's at the Obviously, we're biased, but he's at the best club in the world, which is great to say. And like you said, we've always been worried in the past. We've talked about on podcasts before with like the likes of Torres and Suarez and Alonso and Mascherano and all these great players that we've signed who've gone on to do great things. And then we know they're ultimately going to leave because they're not going to win the big the big one. And barring something going wrong and we don't get the title this year, which obviously we hopefully we will, then he's going to do it, but he's going to win that with us at the end of our 30 year drought. And you can't say it's all down to him, but I'd say that a huge chunk of it is down to that signing. Obviously, yeah. Alison's signing can't go unnoticed as well, obviously, with all the front three as well. But just shorting up that back four, and when he's not when he's not on the team, you can tell the, the players who play alongside him, like Sir Joe Gomez and Lovren and Matter, elevates their performances, makes them. Yeah, five times, ten times better than than they are. Raises their game, raises everyone's game, raises the team's performance, morale, everything. I haven't got a bad word to say about him. It's just fucking sort of. Van Dyke could come to work with me in my job and he'd elevate me. He'd do my job. Exactly. He could elevate me doing it because he's that he's that fucking good. So, yeah, pleased to have him. Uh, we'll have him for ten years, like I said, and yeah. Um, I can't wait to see his uh, his big Dutch hands around that um, around that Premier League trophy eventually, and many many more to come hopefully. Yep. Last yep. the end. We've we've covered we've covered them all, and you've fucking smashed it there. You got everyone right. I, I'm I'm quite pleased myself though, mate, because I think as we were chatting, uh, obviously we were chatting at the beginning. I said I I, I have a clue, but the more we, it was when you caught with the years. I sort of knew then. I thought, well, picture it, that type of thing. I, I thought I was going to get Sahin and Morelli the wrong way around, but yeah. yeah. I just thought it's a bit easier because when obviously I was, I've been watching our ones recently, the ones where you test me, and I, the first question I always ask is, what year is it? Because it's easier to place it in your mind then. Exactly. Kind of, you can kind of place it. Exactly. But yeah. Well, uh, obviously it's my turn next to do number five, uh, which will be a short one because there's only five players that wore it. Um, yeah, so uh, we will uh, we'll do some more now that we've, we can do them in lockdown because we're going to be doing this for, for the foreseeable. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you very much for watching, Mick. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, and uh, we read, so we'll see you next time. And we'll see you with number five, which whenever we, whenever we can, but yeah, shouldn't be too long. Yeah, cool. See you next time. See you later. Awesome, mate.
Podcast Network.